Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 13, 1 through 6, called The Lord is My Helper. Hebrews 13 is what you want. The Lord is my helper. Hebrews chapter 13. So we are winding down the book of Hebrews, and I hope that you've been blessed by it. It's been an amazing study uh, with a lot of great sections, and we are really coming to the end. This is the uh, final chapter in the book, and uh, it is going to have a series of exhortations for for us. Uh, We could call these um, pastoral exhortations, but My title tonight is actually linked to the last part of the first six verses. So why don't you do this for me? If you can, stand up for the reading of God's word, picking it up at Hebrews 13 in verse 1. It reads this way. Let love of the brethren continue, Hebrews 13, 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember the prisoners as though in prison with them, And those who are ill-treated, since you yourselves are in the body. Marriage, verse 4, is to be held in honor among all. And the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money. Being content with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So that we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? You can have a seat. Lord, thank you for this uh, great section and beautiful promise here as the writer quotes three precious Old Testament scriptures to remind us that you will never forsake us. Though others may, you won't. You are faithful. And even when we watch uh, other people slide back and perhaps There's been times when we've been tempted to walk away. We know that you are faithful. And I pray tonight that as we look at these exhortations and this great promise and the power behind the promise, I pray that we would be encouraged, we'd be motivated, we'd be exhorted to love and good deeds because we've been here and listen to your voice. So I pray I'll get out of your way and that you will speak and you'll have your way among us. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. A lot of New Testament letters are set up so that you get doctrine and then duty. So uh, the letter might lay out doctrine about the gospel. Uh, Doctrine just simply means teaching and give you all these truths and insights and then say, okay, in light of this, this is what you should do now. We've just come off an incredible section in Hebrews 11 and 12 where the writer has given us the cloud of witnesses and he ended the last uh, section of chapter 12 with these words. Take a look. It's 1228 in Hebrews. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. This is where David left us last time. For our God is a consuming fire. Now, if you were with us last time, David took us to two mountains, Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. And that is the difference between the Old and the New Covenant. And we are in the New Covenant, in Jesus Christ. The New Covenant is who 
uh, it's what we're in, it's who we belong to, and it's very precious to be in the new covenant because the price for our sin has been paid. And if you're a Jewish reader of this particular letter, your whole system of beliefs and practices was all centered around sacrifice. So you would go to the temple, you would offer an animal, you would, there'd be a sacrifice for the different festivals and that kind of thing. But now the writer's been saying over and over again, Jesus is the one sacrifice for all of us, for all time, done deal, signed, sealed, and delivered. So now, if I'm a Jewish Christian and I've embraced the new covenant, what do I do now? How do I live? If I don't offer sacrifices anymore, what does my worship look like? What does my life look like? What, what should I be up to as a Christian? Well, notice something at the end of chapter 12. It says, because we, we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken, we're to live gratefully, that's the middle of 28 in chapter 12, and we're to offer to God an acceptable service. Our attitude should be reverence and awe. So if there is an acceptable type of service, then I would venture to say there's an unacceptable type of service. And we need to know the difference between what's acceptable to God and what's unacceptable. And I know in our culture, uh, even to say that rocks some people's worlds, right? Like, are you saying that there's certain things that, you know, are right and wrong and there's moral absolutes and there's a certain way that God wants us to worship him? And my answer is yes. God does have expectations for his people. And even though we are in the new covenant, he wants you to worship him a certain way. And of course, the question that we're all asking is, what does that look like? Is that just simply a time of music? Is that uh, only when I open my Bible? What does my worship actually look like? What does a life of worship for a New Testament Christian look like? Skipping down, just uh, this is ahead of us, but in verses 15 and 16, the writer hints at what God's looking for. He says, through him, through Christ, then, 13, 15, let us continually offer up, here's the word of sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. So there's the gratitude piece. And then do not neglect, we'll, we'll see the word neglect in our text tonight. Do not neglect doing good and sharing. For with such what? Sacrifices, God is pleased. Now you can see that there's no longer animal sacrifices in the new covenant. So what, are, what is it that we're supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be praising God, giving the fruit of our lips in thankfulness, uh, gratitude, and we're to do good. We're to share. God is pleased. That is what's acceptable to him. He's pleased with that. Now, if you look at Romans chapter 12, just flip back a little bit. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans chapter 12, a very famous section. Paul has done 11 chapters on the gospel. Some would say this is the most incredible treatment of the gospel at all, uh, uh, of all in all of the New Testament. And in Romans 12, in light of the glorious gospel that he lays out, he says, therefore, 12.1, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Here's the phrase again. Acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. If you want to know how you're supposed to worship God, here it is. You present your body as a living and holy sacrifice. It's no longer an animal. It's you. There's no longer um, an animal that is the go-between or that you lay your hands on the head of a, of a goat or a lamb, etc. No, no, no. That's all done. Jesus fulfills all that imagery. He's already paid for your sin debt. So what do I do? In response to that great gift now, I lay myself on the altar. I become a living sacrifice, not a dead one, but a living sacrifice. Take a look at verse uh, 2. 
further explanation about how you do it. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, here's our word again, acceptable and perfect. Back to Hebrews chapter 13. So there is a way that God wants us to worship him. And we've got some hints about it, right? Holy living, praise, doing good to other people. And we're going to get some specifics in the first six verses of Hebrews chapter 13. And I just say this to you as a general uh, comment, kind of a, a big picture understanding is, in serving others, we serve God. In serving the body, we serve the head. We cannot detach our worship and service of God from our, our service of other people, and namely those in the body of Jesus Christ. And what you're going to see is in these first six verses, you're going to, we're going to have at least five exhortations. An exhortation just means an encouragement with emphasis, like this is what you should be doing. And I think we're going to have a good roadmap about what acceptable worship to God looks like. It's going to be very horizontal. It's going to be very much directed towards God's people and doing good. Look at how it starts out. Let love of the brethren continue. That's the first exhortation if you're taking notes. Simply put, if you're writing stuff down, let love continue. Love is the foundation of everything, right? Love is the first fruit of the Holy Spirit. And scholars would argue that love is the trunk of the tree and all the branches are joy and peace and patience and goodness. And so love is really what binds it all together. Colossians 3.14, it says it's really the tie that binds it together. Jesus said, people will know that you belong to me by your love one for another. And in the Hebrew church with persecution and some people walking away and deconstructing their faith back in the day and all this stuff, some people were rocked. And some people may have just said, I'm done. I, I, I don't want to love anymore. I don't want to risk it anymore. And love can be a risky endeavor. Even when you attempt to love other believers, you may not always get what you want, right? So you have to put your heart out there and you have to let yourself love and let me just say that that word jumped out at me when I was studying because some of you, it may be that you won't let yourself. You won't let yourself love because it's risky. And people have come into Christian churches and been burned or been hurt by another believer and disappointed and whatever. And my question to you would be, would you, would you let yourself love? Some of us, you know, when... Affection starts to come our way. We're, we're backing up a little bit, you know? Some of those Christians that want to hug and they still think holy kisses are biblical. I mean, you know, some of us don't know what to do with those kind of people, right? And that can be, it's, love is not always a physical touch. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just using it as an illustration. The, the writer says, let it continue. And, and maybe it's let yourself love. Um, do you do that? The love of the brethren is a single Greek word. It's Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. That's the Greek word, Philadelphia. And that's what the Bible says, that we're part of a family and we're called to love our brothers and sisters, even when they're hard to love. Jesus said, what credit is it to you if you only love those who love you? Isn't that what everybody does? But if you belong to me, you're going to love those who are difficult. 
And you say, and I say, I can't do that. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you are a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We are excited to announce we have the opportunity to broadcast on a new radio station. It's a daily program. We can be on every day like we are here, and we can be ministering to a whole new group of people. An opportunity that will help this ministry reach more people like you in Oahu, Hawaii. The door is open. The gospel is free. But the old saying is, someone's got to put in the plumbing. (laughs) Our mission with Pastor Michael's teachings is to equip listeners with God's Word in a way that helps them address today's issues, trends, and culture. In his spiritual workout plan, what is that spiritual workout plan? It's to heal. It's to get better. It's to pursue some things. And one of the things that you pursue is peace. But before we say yes to this opportunity, we could use your help. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. That's about the price to go out and get a sandwich, a bag of chips, and a drink. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. If you become one of the 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to help us expand, we could use your help. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Would you be one of the four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. Thank you so much to all of our partners, all of our listening family, all of our new listeners. We love you. Begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Love is not always a physical touch, don't get me wrong, but I'm just using it as an illustration. The, the writer says, let it continue, and, and maybe it's let yourself love. Um, do you do that? The love of the brethren is a single Greek word. It's Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. That's the Greek word, Philadelphia. And that's what the Bible says, that we're part of a family and we're called to love our brothers and sisters, even when they're hard to love. Jesus said, what credit is it to you if you only love those who love you? Isn't that what everybody does? But if you belong to me, you're going to love those who are difficult. And you say, and I say, I can't do that. Because my natural reaction is not to not want to do it. And that's why I called the title tonight, drop down to verse 6, The Lord is my helper. <laughs> Amen? Because I need help. If I, thank you, sister. She said we all do. And here's the thing. If I'm going to live out the biblical commands, and even these, uh, this short list of exhortations at the beginning of chapter 13, I need help. And here's the good news. The Lord is my helper. Do you know that helper is actually the word for the Holy Spirit? The parakletos, one of the descriptions of the Holy Spirit is that he's our helper, or he's the one who comes alongside to help. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
So it's true, I don't have the resources or the goods to even do this first exhortation. Some days I feel like I do. But, he, but the fact that he says, let the love of the brethren continue is a wonderful thing because it seems like it was happening to a certain extent. But even though we may be loving, we can always do more. We can always love more. Uh, if you have the New King James, it literally says, let brotherly love continue. Uh, let yourself love. Some of you, uh, maybe you're in a position where you're a little bit gun-shy. Sometimes, you know, people say, well, maybe I need to learn to love again. Uh, when we bear one another's burdens, we fulfill the law of Christ, which is the law of love. First John three fourteen and 16 basically says that if we say we love God and we don't love our brother, what are we? We're a liar. And the truth is not in us. Uh, this is how we know what love is. First John three sixteen. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for one another. Let the love of the brethren continue. You know, in Revelation 2, when uh, Jesus addresses the church at Ephesus and he says, you've left your first love, there are a good amount of scholars that believe that leaving your first love was a lack of love for the church. Now, we, we all know that uh, we would probably argue our first love is always God. Yes, that's true. But the Bible is basically saying you can't say that you love God and that you don't love people. 1 John 3.14 puts it this way. We know that we've passed out of death into life because we love God's people. The youth are up there having a good time. I think that's what that was. I'm hoping that that was a sound of Christian love and not pain. But you never know with a youth group, you know? So anyway. We know that we've passed out of death into life, 1 John 3.14. Because we love God's people. Do you want to know one of the tests of whether or not you're a Christian? Is if you love God's people. And if you don't have the love of God's people in you, you probably don't belong to Christ. It's a remarkable thing to see what God does in the heart of a believer. Because I, I remember when I first became a Christian, the Lord put a new love in my heart. It's not like I wasn't a personable person, but, but I could kind of categorize people pretty easily and I, and I kind of gravitated toward a certain type of person that was like me, you know, liked what I liked, liked sports, that, that, that. But when the love of Christ comes into your heart, there's a, it's a whole different ballgame, right? Because he, he starts to teach you to love with his love. And his love is not conditional. Not, it's not based on performance, looks, bank account, background, you name it. The world's love is, his is not. And so the exhortation, and you could say the motivation behind all the other exhortations is love. Let it continue. Keep on, NIV, loving each other as brothers. If you wanted to simplify your life in a morning prayer, you could just simply say, Lord, teach me to love today like you love. I remember I was teaching 1 Corinthians 13 here, uh, not that long ago, probably a couple years ago, and uh, a church member came up with a kind of a look of pain in his face and basically said, when are you going to be done with this chapter? <laughs> like, enough is enough with this love stuff, all right? Can we move on to other doctrines, right? And, and I understood, it kind of tongue-in-cheek, right? I understood what he was saying. Because doesn't this one exhortation challenge you to the core? It does me. 
Because if I'm going to measure myself against God's love, well, I know where I'm going to find myself. You've been listening to The Lord is My Helper, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews, Chapter 13, Verses 1-6. through If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Our producer, Rob Newton, went to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California recently to update the congregation on the state of walk in truth. He talked about where we are, what's new, where we'd like to go, and how you can help. If you'd like to listen to Rob Newton and Pastor Michael's short presentation, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. It's also on walkintruth.com. We've entitled it The State of Walk in Truth. And again, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go. Well, maybe you heard this topic on hospitality and you're intrigued by the possibility of entertaining angels unaware, but you're like, you know what? People are rude and, (laughs) you know, it used to be that you could pick up a hitchhiker and, and maybe not worry too much about it if there's even hitchhikers anymore. Or, you know, be benevolent, but, uh, hey, we got to be careful. And we know that some people are scamming with those signs, you know, by the freeway off ramp. And, you know, should we give people money and what should we do? And uh, there, there's a lot to, to think through. But when you are being spirit led, let me just say that there's, there's a couple important things to think about being spirit led, but being spirit filled. When you're spirit-filled, you can see people through God's eyes. And and maybe, you know, when you're out shopping or you're in traffic, you're thinking, oh, there's a lot of rude people. But when you see people through God's eyes, that's being spirit-filled, if you will. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. Now, if you're filled and you're led by the Spirit, then I think you'll know when you want you need to be hospitable when you need to open up your heart your home your life perhaps a form of hospitality for you would just be a text a phone call a cup of coffee you know there's more than one way to be hospitable and if you are struggling with that and we all do to a certain extent we struggle with other people let's be honest pray for the lord's heart Get filled up first thing in the morning so you have the Lord's eyes. You know, when you read your Bible, it's like putting on spiritual glasses. You can see more clearly, see as God sees. And then ask the Lord to lead you by the Spirit because that's what he promises in Galatians and other places. And walk with him and he'll lead you. And it won't be complicated. He'll set up opportunities. Uh, Believe me when I tell you, when I pray like that, Lord, fill me, Lord, use me, inevitably. I have an opportunity that comes right in my path. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth, and we're walking through the last chapter of the book of Hebrews. We're so glad that you're with us, and uh, we're grateful for all those who have become monthly partners, uh, helping with either a one-time donation to Walk in Truth or becoming a monthly partner of at least $20 a month. You say, why do you bring this up, Pastor Michael? Because radio time costs money. And we have no funding outside of our church locally here in Corona, California, and you. (laughs) That's it. So if it's going to happen, it's going to be the church, which 
by the way, foots about two-thirds of the radio bill annually, or our listening family. Now, we would love to get our listening family up to 50% and 75%, and we'd love to become a fully funded radio broadcast. But that takes time, and we know that we need to earn your trust. And I pray that we have. The more that you listen, I pray that you're resonating with the ministry, that you trust it, trust it enough to give to it. And as you do, we can then walk through more and more open doors, more mission fields, if you will. You know, I sit in a little studio right now, right now as I'm um, doing these, these uh, recordings, but the opportunity through radio and podcasting allows, you know, what comes from the pulpit and these little opportunities right here before a microphone in a little office in the Inland Empire to expand all over the world. That's the beauty of technology. That's the beauty of a partnership. So if you want to become a partner, go to walkintruth.com. Why don't you do it right now? And it would really bless us to know that you you believe and you're standing with us. Walkintruth.com and the Hawaii uh, opportunity will be right before you and you can find out more about how to support this ministry, walkintruth.com. By the way, we want to support you as well. That's why we're here. So I apologize for talking about giving, but it's a necessary part. But we're on the radio to really support you, to equip you, to pray for you, to encourage you, to build you up. And um, if you have a prayer request, make sure you take advantage of walkintruth.com in the comment section. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 1 through 6, called, The Lord is My Helper. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.